Well, good morning. And as ever, I want to check. First of all, yes, now you can hear me. Good morning. Good morning, right. Welcome on this beautiful sunny morning. And uh, whether you're joining us online or whether you are here within the walls of Brighton Road, uh, you are all very welcome. And my prayer is that each of us in our time together, it, that it might be a time of blessing and that we might meet with our Father. Today we begin a series of uh, looking at the first letter that Paul wrote to uh, the church at Thessalonica, a church that was flourishing in faith and love despite its situation and, uh, and one encouraged and living in hope at the prospect of Jesus returning to establish his throne. They, like us, rejoiced as they had much to thank God for. So let us encourage one another as we turn our eyes to him and worship the only one worthy of our praise as we sing hymns and songs of praise, the first of which is immortal, invisible. Let's stand, if we can, let's stand to sing. Thank you. 
sit down. There's uh, so much in those songs that remind us of how great, how wonderful, how amazing our God really is. And I want us to continue now in an attitude of praise and thanksgiving as we lead one another in prayer. If you would like to lead our prayers, could you please, I ask that you, you raise your hand so that John can bring you a microphone. Um, it's not that we don't doubt that you can't boom your voice, it's for the sake of the people who are joining us online and those using the feedback loop. It would be great if we can all include one another in our prayers of praise and thanksgiving. So let's lead one another, please. my family some that are not in the best of health but we've had time together we've had fun times my children have had fun the weather's been glorious where we've been just thank you lord and we're back here in september we're safe and well thank you lord amen Lord, you are the King of glory. You are the Prince of peace. Lord, we long for that peace in our land and in our world this day. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Lord, that with my, just this week, I've had a, a very good week. I've, I've been suffering from anxiety. And some mornings, or every morning, is really bad. But this week, thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you for my family. I was able to walk 17 miles this week. And um, I just feel so proud of myself. And thank you, Lord, for for your goodness and mercy and for, for just keeping me um, on the right path. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for your spirit who is here with us this morning. Thank you that uh, he indwells those who believe and trust in him. And we thank you. That is so comforting. We thank you, Jesus, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us always. And we give you praise and we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, that you made us and you saved us, so we are doubly yours. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which never changes, and is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust, believe, and walk in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. But you're the one who hears us and knows us. Uh, you're constantly filling us and giving us what we need. Thank you. And so, Father God, we want to thank you that you are beyond our understanding, beyond all the superlatives, anything that we could possibly say in gratitude for all that you are and all that you have done for us. But, Lord, we simply want to say thank you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So... Our reading, on which uh, John will be preaching on just the, uh, the first three verses, is, as I said, from the first letter to Thessalonians, um, and starting at chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first <coughs> ten verses, but John, as I say, will preach on the first three. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work, produced by faith, your labour, prompted by love, and your endurance, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power 
with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So Paul begins his letter with a greeting and then says, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And I thought it would be good just to spend just a couple of minutes um, echoing that what Paul has done. He's been encouraged by the church of uh, Thessalonians and passes that encouragement on. And there are people um, here and those who can't be here, either because they've moved away or because they're with our Lord now. But uh, actually, we are really thankful to God for placing them in our lives at one point or another. They, they, these are people who have helped us move on in our faith. People whose knowledge and understanding of God we would like to thank um, because they passed that on, a little bit of that to us too. And we've been encouraged by them. And it would be good to pass that encouragement on as we call these names from our past and present to, to mind. So I'm just going to suggest just literally a minute or two I'd like you to turn to a neighbour um, and just share with them just a name. It doesn't have to be a whole backstory or anything major or anything like that. But just a name uh, of a, a person or people for whom you'd like to thank God for, for placing in your life at some point or other because the way they've impacted upon your faith. So I'll just give you a minute to do that. Um, yeah, I'll leave you to that. Just a, just a second. I think it'll be good. Encourage one another. Who's right. Okay. So, one that I did want to raise. I, I shared a number with uh, friends here at the front, but... I wanted to, to raise one who, who was, um, I think, not just to me, but a huge number of people, a, a huge encourager. And I wanted to highlight um, Ray Shaw as someone who had a, a, a big impact upon a lot of people's faith. And uh, just to, if you hadn't seen the bulletin, I just want to flag up that his celebration of thanksgiving for his life um, is on Friday the 29th. So put that in your diaries. It's at 2.30. And it would be good to be able to thank God once again for, for the life and the impact that he has had profoundly on so many. And do continue to pray for Jenny as well and the rest of the family. Okay. So let's now just spend a little time in prayer. Thank you, Lord. For all of those who are or have been a part of this church, who have encouraged us in our faith. 
We thank you for the way they have served you by helping us. Help us to encourage others in this fellowship by serving too, by sharing an encouraging word, by giving to others generously of our time and talents, and by living our lives as a holy example, honouring to you. In your name we pray. Amen. And before the, uh, the young people, the kids go out and the leaders go out to BRBK, I'd like us to sing once more. Um, it's a song that echoes the experience of the, uh, the church at Thessalonica. When we find ourselves in times of difficulty or challenge, God is there, enabling us to stand in the hope of new life. We have so much to be thankful for, and this song gives us the opportunity to do just that. And uh, I would ask that uh, if BRBK could uh, stay with us just until that final chorus so we can encourage one another. And that would be great. So let's, if we're able, stand to sing. When I call on your name, you answer. Let's stand. When I call on your name, you answer.
seated. BRBK, do feel free to now go and enjoy your group. Our um, Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah. Uh, and I just wanted to read a couple of verses um, for you. Not terribly cheery, I have to say. This is what the Lord said, says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. And this sounds pretty harsh, but when we're not in step with God, when we put our trust in ourselves more than in him, it can feel very much as though we are in a bit of a wasteland where growth is stunted and difficult. Let us therefore come in confession before God now. Let's pray. Almighty Father, forgive our sins. Forgive the sins that we remember and those that we have forgotten. Forgive our many failures in the face of temptation and those times when we have been stubborn in the face of correction. Forgive the times we have been proud of our own achievements and those when we have failed to boast in your works. Forgive the harsh judgments we have made of others and the leniency we have shown ourselves. Forgive the lies we have told to others and the truths we have avoided. Forgive us the pain we have caused others and the indulgence we have shown ourselves. Father, have mercy on us and make us whole for the sake of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The good news is that Jeremiah doesn't leave it there. The next verse starts with but. And thank goodness for it. <laughs> but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Blessed will that person be. May we here at Brighton Road be known for the work produced by faith, not by, not by our own efforts, and, and be known as those who trust and have confidence and hope in him. So let us now bring before God a world that, as Brian mentioned earlier, seems broken and in need of God's healing touch. Let's pray. Let us pray for those who face difficult decisions this week. Let us pray for those who mourn. Let us pray for those who have lost much due to natural disasters. 
Let us pray for those who are concerned and responsible for the safety of others. Let us pray for those who despair. Lord God, grant wisdom, endurance, perseverance, faith, hope, and love for those in any and all of those situations. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Now, before John comes and shares with us what God has placed upon his heart, um, I'd like us to sing um, a, a song which may be less familiar to some of you. It speaks of how God, who is so patient with us in our weaknesses and continually pours out his mercies, and for this we must be ever thankful. The worship group, we're going to, to sing the first verse and chorus for you, just so that you can uh, familiarise yourself with it, and then we'll go back, back to the beginning. But just so that you're not caught out, the arrangement normally is verse 1, verse 2, then chorus, but I'm sure you'll catch on. Um, I would suggest, actually, that we remain seated for it, um, so that if you want to sing when we sing it, then we do that together. But if you want to actually take this as an opportunity to simply meditate on the words then that's fine too. Don't feel you have to, to sing along. I wouldn't want it to be a distraction for you if it's a, a new song and you um, would rather listen and read. And that's fine. Okay, so either way is good.
So good morning. So good to be with you this morning. Um, so this is the start of the Thessalonians um, uh, series, and um, I emailed Tim to say what is it you'd like to say. And of course, he was already prepared and apparently had published somewhere um, all this information about. So if you've read all that, you're maybe quite well prepared, maybe more than I was, because um, uh, if you want some technical detail, detail about when and who and how Thessalonians came to be, um, then uh, that's all in that document. Um, <laughs> so you're very welcome, but um, that's very much sort of a, a Tim's area of the business. Um, so, um, so I'll leave that to him. But um, I did ask, uh, uh, and one of the things Tim said was, uh, he said, I envisage hanging the series on the theme, Turning the World Upside Down. Reading through the letter, that's a lot, there's a lot about the kind of church uh, the kind of church God wants us to be. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. I get that. Um, and, and then he said something else, which um, I'm kind of going to set Tim up a little bit. I'm always encouraging him to be more prophetic. Um, so when he's around, he's not here, is he? No, no, good. That's, that's probably better. Um, I'm always encouraging him to be more prophetic and to kind of speak things out. Um, so I've, I've nicked what he said in his email um, and I'm just going to tell you how it was, because he said, I'm hoping Brighton Road might catch something of God's passion for us as a church, and that would be, um, and that would be in the quality of relationships and the effectiveness of our mission. If the Holy Spirit does that, I will be delighted. So uh, this is a, a message from Tim, wherever he is, um, uh, and uh, my encouragement to Tim, be more prophetic and just say these things to us. Um, but it was received in an email. Um, but that is, that is what we've got, and that is what I would like to start with Thessalonians. 
because the, um, <coughs> the Paul's visit uh, to the Thessalonians is described in Acts, um, and, they, and the, actually it's the people who, who were there who were complaining that, um, that these people were turning the world upside down. Actually, a little bit more than that, um, actually, one of the things they were saying was um, more, it's, it's turning our world upside down. It's turning our world. It's, it's, it's disrupting our life. Uh, and we're quite cross about that. Um, and this, uh, this gospel is something which does that. But I'd like to challenge us because um, the, the, the world at the time of writing, when, when Paul was writing this, was obviously, you know, we're quite familiar with that kind of Roman, uh, Roman world where there was all, it was all kind of going on. And that was the established order. You know, uh, kind of Roman paganism was the established order. What's the established order with us in this modern world? What's the established order in, in this building, in this congregation? Because actually, this gospel turns stuff upside down. And we need to be well aware and ready of the power of God in our lives to disrupt, to, um, to upset what is comfortable uh, and, and to bring change. Um, that is what they complained about and that is actually um, what we're kind of looking at. So, there are these three words, faith, hope and love. And of course, when we hear those, actually, we don't jump to Thessalonians, do we? We jump to Corinthians, where it talks about faith, hope, and love. But as you look at how this is developed, I think this is a kind of bit of a, a bit of a developing theme with Paul. So um, to the Thessalonians, he writes about faith, hope, and love, and then later on, he writes to the Corinthians, and I think he kind of expands this idea of faith, hope, and love. And that I'm going to follow his example. Really, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about faith, hope, and love in the context of the text, which is where Paul is thanking God for the faith, for the hope, and for the love in the people he's speaking to. But I'm going to expand it a little bit to see what this can say, because when it gets to Corinthians, it becomes like one of those, um, one of those things where the whole gospel is kind of encapsulated in just a few words. You know, it, it's just like, it, it becomes that kind of model um, and let's see where we can go with that and see what God will, um, will tell us. So let's start, let's start with faith. So Paul thanks, um, Paul thanks God constantly for their great faith. And um, I've spoken quite a lot about faith and hope in, in recent times, but I am going to repeat some of it. So um, if you're bored of me talking about this, then, um, well, tough, because we're going there. Um, uh, because I learned a tremendous thing about faith. So, um, uh, my wife Claire died uh, 18 months ago. Is that right? Yeah, I think. Um, and uh, some three years before that, uh, I got a call from her. She was in the Caribbean. And she said, um, uh, I've been taken to hospital. Um, I might die. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then she said, it's going to be okay. And I was like, really? <laughs> um, but it was amazing because God gave her a gift of faith. Her faith 
was stronger than it had ever been. I mean, to be honest, mine, not so much. Um, but her faith came that she just knew at the right time that, she, I mean, she could have died in the Caribbean. She did come back to the UK for uh, several years um, uh, and subsequently died a little while ago. But it was just amazing. It was just, and I was like, ah, now in the Bible, when it talks about a gift of faith, that's it. Because a lot of the time, we think our faith is quite weedy, isn't it? Uh, we we kind of think it's, a, it's weedy. But we'll, we'll come on a little bit further into that. So this gift of faith comes. And actually, this gift of faith, because you've got that, because you've got... Um, well, the thing is, with Claire, the faith was amazing because that was suitable for the situation. But the thing is, I think we think our faith is a bit weedy. Who thinks her faith could be a bit stronger? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I've, I've said this uh, uh, before. Um, it was actually Colin Urquhart who I heard preach this. He said, you know, you need faith the size of a mustard seed. That's a really little bit, isn't it, um, to move a mountain. And do you feel like you've got a tiny bit of faith? Yeah. Do you, even if you feel that you would like faith, essentially that is an expression of faith. And that is all that God is asking. He's asking, he's asking for a tiniest little, you know, like a little speck. And at the right time, he will kind of take hold of that little bit. Take hold of that and make that enough for the situation. Um, that's what happened. Um, I saw it happen. Uh, so, don't worry too much about this great faith, but thank, like Paul says, just thank God. He, you know, thank God. When you see great faith, thank God. When you see it, thank God for it. So it produces work. So this faith, uh, in Thessalonians, says produces work. But what sort of work does it produce? Um... Uh, later on in a reference, which I've completely forgotten to write down, it says, We are his workmanship, his monster work, a work of art, created in Jesus Christ. This is the Amplified, by the way. That's why there's brackets. Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we could walk in them. So hang on, this faith... This faith that produces works is about a relationship with God. That is where it is. And then the works come out of the relationship with him. Because we know, and we know because elsewhere in scripture, you know, it talks about uh, all the great things that can be done and how they have no value. Do you remember all those? It's like a clanging gong. and all, or there's, there's, there's several different, different bits of scripture where it just says, you know, if if your, if your works aren't, aren't settled in this relationship with God, then what are they worth? But he has prepared these works for us. Out of his relationship with us. Out of, um, out of, out of his workmanship. So in a way, God makes us with the intent of a work for us to do. Oh, oh now, now, now you've kind of got my attention very much. You know, we are his workmanship 
and he prepares works for us. So it's like a, it's like a kind of relationship where, where God puts his work into us and then prepares things for us to do. Now this is a type of faith which is starting to make sense for me. So let's look at love. Now I've got through that bit. You know, there are various concepts of love in the world, and I think we are totally bombarded. This is not new material, is it? We know that we are, we are bombarded with ideas of love. Um, I was doing a bit of, bit of research. I think there's several, several kind of mythical versions of love which don't help us very much. Um, there's the one that I call the Jane Austen rom-com love. Uh, sorry, Marion, I know you're a fan. Um, because that is that kind of waiting for the one. And, and um, my goodness, that produces loneliness, doesn't it? That actually, that actually has a kind of effect. Um, because we know it's not real. We know it's superficial. You know that the Beatles banged on about love quite a lot. And there was a news story this morning about Paul McCartney's bass guitar and how marvellous, you know. It's like, oh, probably wasn't that good. Um, and uh, earlier this year, I went to, um, to see Coldplay play in, um, in Cardiff. Really, really good. Uh, and, and I got this badge. Where have I done with it? This badge handed to me. There was how many thousand... Oh, was with Esther. How many thousand people? 20,000. It was, it was massive, anyway. Um, so I got this little badge that says love. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, and, and kind of, um, you know, as it progressed, you got a little bit of the feeling of this idea of love. Now, Chris Martin, who's the lead singer, um, has got a bit of an idea about love, but it, it just isn't really hung on anything. It's just like love. Yeah, you know, just like love. It's all about love. And I'm a bit like, well, it's all right. Well, actually, to be honest, um, you could just see his Christian upbringing in when he says this. It's like, you know where that comes from, but you're not saying, which is even more annoying, to be honest. Um, so my little badge that says love from Chris Martin... Um, it's like, yeah, okay, but, but, but where is this love founded? Where does it come from? What does it do? You know, love, love that comes from Jesus, love from that knowledge of him, produces work. Doesn't that produce work? Because you look at people, and you look, and you see need, and you see opportunity, and you see it produces in you sacrifice. You know, laying down your life for a friend. That's, that's the, a type of love, isn't it? Laying down your life. Now, that isn't, that isn't the world's romantic love. That isn't the love of it's all going to be okay. That is something deeper. That is something which produces something, produces an action in us. That love, to know that love. So, hope. Now, hope and faith get very jumbled up in my head, and I kind of don't really mind that. Um, I'm not really tying everything down. Um, it is a bit, it, it, the, you know, the, they definitely, they're definitely an interaction. But hope produces endurance, because if you hope in something, you, you, know, you know it's going to end. You know that there is, a, there is something to it. Um, there's a hope of glory. So, um, and we talk about hope of glory, and, and that's good. You know, the hope of glory, it, 
sometimes we consider that to be like the hope of heaven, but I think it's a bit bigger than that. I think the hope of glory is the hope for God's glory to be shown here. You see, us kind of evangelicals kind of put everything in boxes and say, well, that is about heaven. And so that must not be about everything else. Um, And that's not really the case. God's glory, isn't it our job to show God's glory? Isn't it our job to to lift up his name, to bring glory to his name? Now, we're not just going to do that in heaven, are we? And in fact, um, it's certainly more impactful on our lives right here if we do that right here. Um, that, is, that is the hope of glory. But that is something that, that drives us. And isn't it just so glorious to be in his presence? You know, sometimes, um, sometimes I've been in church. I thought, oh, what am I doing here? Not here. Other churches. But all churches have, you know, the same characteristics in many ways. Sometimes I'm thinking, why am I here? What am I doing? And then just see something of God's presence. You just see a, a bit of him. Just see a bit of his presence. And it's like, oh yes. Oh, that glory. Oh, I, I see it. I see, a, I see just a touch of God's glory. My hope is that we will see more. I hope is that we will know more of his glory. And we know that it is glory in heaven that's, that's, that's fine, but I want some here. Um, and that, just that glimpse of his glory is enough to really kind of motivate us and keep us going. But isn't there so much more? But also, there's a lot that talks about reward. And again, we've kind of, we've kind of put that away a little bit. So, so this... We, we do these good works uh, that are motivated by hope and there are rewards for those works. And, and we've, somehow we've gone, oh, we don't really like rewards. You know, that's a bit, you know. Um, who, doesn't, who actually doesn't like rewards? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, it, but again, our, 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 kind of, our kind of background has said, oh, well, you know, it's a bit vulgar, isn't it, to be... To, to get a reward for doing good work? Well, the answer is no. Um, the, the answer is that's okay. It, it's, it's okay to do something good and, re, and receive a reward from our Father. That's okay. Um, but the best place to take that reward is in heaven, as, as we know from Scripture. Um, I was looking up, you know, looking up things on hope. Um, hope is the antidote to anxiety and despair. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take hope as an antidote to anxiety and despair. And we are awash with anxiety and despair, aren't we? Um, We know, we know that it exists. But we have this hope. We have this hope in Jesus. That is the antidote to anxiety and despair. So thinking about these three, thinking about these three words that, that Paul puts together. Um, in Corinthians he says, and now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. 
And as I said, it's a kind of boiling down. It's a kind of, you know, if you don't get anything else, get this sort of message. A simple gospel. But I see it like this. The faith is about knowing. The faith is about what is going on in here to to a great extent and in your heart. About knowing, that knowledge that you kind of know that you know. And whenever we, um, we do Alpha, I tend to get the... Not this time around, but the last you know, few times. Um, I've tended to get the, the how can I have faith um, section. And essentially, I just kind of say, well, you just have to go for it, really. Um, you just, there's just something. There's just, you know, and, and, and that is it. But it's just a, a, a knowledge thing. Um, it's about that heart and, and head knowledge of Jesus. Knowing Jesus and being known by him. But when I looked at hope, well, hope has these similarities, but what is it that is different? I think hope should be spoken. This is what I, what I got to. How is it different? Hope is spoken. Hope is, you just say it out. Because internalised hope, I, I don't think, has a, a great deal of kind of grip. Um, but that hope that is spoken. John Piper says... Um, Hope is a sermon you preach to yourself. And I was like, ooh, that, that really kind of got me. A sermon you preach to yourself. The, the message of hope is something you preach to yourself, but also something which you speak out and produces something in other people. And love. Love is definitely a doing thing, isn't it? We know that because we know that because the scriptures are really clear. If you haven't got love, you're just a clanging gong. You're a waste of time. Um, what we do, what we do, is where we show where we show love. But then there's a little bit more on this because this gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. So I see it a little bit like this, if I can find the pen. Uh, this is a simple model that gets, gets you through everything. I've got an MBA doing this. It's not that hard. Okay? So there are these three things, faith, hope, and love. Now, there is a definite interaction between each of the things, isn't there? Because that faith um, produces the hope. But then, but then that, the faith in Jesus means you know that you're loved. And that produces that love reaction and produces that ability. So each one, of the, each one of the three things has a kind of interaction. And it's a real simple gospel. But if we, if we express this to people, they will get it. They really will. But there is always, what is the, um, and this is very businessy, what is the external environment? And, um, and the external environment, how all this fits? All of this fits within sorry I'm, I'm writing on the, on the slant the power of the Holy Spirit so the way this can work is that we can do these things, we can produce these works uh, with all of these interacting factors within the power of the Holy Spirit because when we're doing that all of this 
becomes possible. Um, I don't know how people get by, you know? Um, it's like, well, how on earth do you do that? Well, how on earth do you manage this Christian life? You can't, I don't think, unless you're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean a kind of charismatic version of that. That just means, um, that just means allowing him to be involved. Now, and that is, of course, as you know, the character of the Holy Spirit. That is where the turning the world upside down business really um, starts to hit the road, as it were. Because he really does upset and change around and motivate and convict and produce that power which we need to live this Christian life. So, we always thank God for you. Constantly mention you in our prayers. Remember before God the work produced by faith. Your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are these three factors. But these three factors are not really a how, are they? They are very much a who. So, this is what I would say, having kind of got hold of what what Tim is asking us to look for. We can have a faith that can turn the world upside down. That faith is in Jesus. We can have a love which is so powerful and revolutionary that it can produce these effects. But that love is founded not in Chris Martin's vague, this is a little bit again, Chris Martin's sort of vague love. We can have a love that is founded in a knowledge of the God who is love. And we can have a hope in Jesus that will, uh, will be a hope which we can speak out, which will have power in itself because we're speaking God's word. So how then would we apply this? Now, um, has, anyone, has anyone seen, um, heard uh, Just One Thing? It's on, it's on Radio 4. It's like a wellness thing. It's just one of those little, little um, five-minute sort of... Uh, and, and it's all about, you know, one thing you can do to improve your well-being. Um, and that was kind of my vision as we go through Thessalonians, because here we go, we're starting another book, and you know, those of you who've been here decades, are probably, this is probably your third or fourth, fifth time round with Thessalonians, you know, um, which is all good. Uh, the question is, what is the one thing? And this is my challenge for the series. Um, as we go through Thessalonians, what one thing are we going to take? Um, and this is a bit like the five a day, you know, it's a minimum. Um, you can take ten things from each uh, each, each kind of uh, chunk of Thessalonians. But what one thing? So I'd like you to challenge yourself and think, what one thing is going to be different having spent however long I've been talking, talking about Thessalonians or having read or having been together considering it? But I want to go a little bit further. Now, last time I preached, um, I did some declarations um, and I uh, declared uh, some of God's word for us. Um, Today, I'd like us to pray, okay? Um, I'm giving you a bit of structure for it, so this will be fairly straightforward, okay? Um, So, I'd like to introduce you to a concept. Uh, Has anyone been in the army? 
just me. I don't know if you, I don't know, you may not have experienced this in the PACOR, but <laughs> um, there's a thing called the Brecon Point we have in the army. Uh, you fire brigade use it quite a lot as well. Um, because this is a bit vague, and on the battlefield, like you, it's like, do you mean me or that bloke? Um, so they have a thing called the Brecon Point. It's much, more, it's much more deliberate, and it's like this. So when you point, and, and I used it all the time in my first service career, right, you, get in that building. Okay. Uh, everyone knows. It's very clear. Um, so we're not going to lay hands on one another, but we are going to pray for one another. Um, and this, this is to, in order to uh, facilitate the people in the balcony, because we're just going to pick a person, okay, pick anybody, anybody in the room, okay, and when we pray, uh, if you just like to follow me, um, I'll read out the prayer, okay, and you just pray it for someone, okay, because we're going we're gonna to put this into action right here, okay, and it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter if you know them or you don't, it could be the person that you, you know, that you picked earlier, because Marion sort of took us a little bit down this road already, which is great, um, but we are going to pray for one another, because we are going to put this stuff into action. And one of the things we can take from our kind of whole study of faith, hope and love is that we can encourage one another with this and we can pray and thank God where we see this in one another because that's what Paul was doing. Okay, so we're going to do some of that. Right, so you're going to have to do something now. Okay, so pick a person, get your Brecon point out, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to kind of continue pointing at you because I'm going <laughs> to read this. <laughs> and after me, right, I'm going I'm to break this down. Oh, and also, just to warn you, um, I've, I've nicked a bit of um, Tim's prophetic bit to just tag on the end. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. I thank God for you. I thank God for the work produced by faith. You're not very loud. Okay. I thank God for you. I thank God for the work produced by faith. For your own labour prompted by love. And for your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you will know God's passion for us as a church. And that passion will be reflected in the quality of relationships. Passion will be reflected in the quality of our relationships and the effectiveness of our mission. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged, church. Let's close by giving God the glory in what we, uh, what we do, not just in this time, in this place, in this building, but also as we go out through the week. To God be the glory. Let's stand to sing.
Let's say the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.